Please join us online. So like I said, in addition to it being the first Friday of the year, we also have a number of people that are fighting with us here in the Community Church, if God has been faithful, I will find it to sing about a friend. Many of our friends are on their families. God has blessed them. Government families like Charlie, Disability, Money, Medicare, and things like that. He thinks that the
someone else when God does not apply. You don't have to remember all of these specifically, but just pray for us, pray for them, pray for Grace Hicks, and pray for Kathleen and Grace Hicks. Is anybody here that can pray for Grace Hicks? You don't have to stand up and pray. But we'll pray for you too. Okay? Two, right back.
speaks to this, maybe at, at its first glance, maybe not in an inherent way, but I'm going I'm to hopefully bring it around to us, and I'm going to not take a, a ton of time with this, but I want us to hear to another passage of Scripture that's very well known if you're, if you're a Christian, have been a, a Christian any time in your life, or even if you probably haven't yet, it would be very familiar to so much of our, uh, our culture anyway, in so many different ways, but we're going to start in Acts chapter 1. So then they were left. And in this story, we're going to 
is at, is at the behest of his mother because she believed fully that he was able to do something. Now, she may know exactly what he was going to do, but she knew he could do something to solve the problem at the wedding that she was having. And so we see her here. But it is interesting that it's the mother of Jesus and his brothers because there was a time when his brothers went to Jesus and said, could you, like, tone it down? People think you're crazy. And now they're thinking, we're crazy because we're your family. Anybody, anybody identify with that? You've got some, you've got some crazy family. It's like, oh, you're my family. Could you, like, could you, like, ratchet it down just a little bit? You make us all look bad. And that happened to Jesus. But here, we see that even they
It's not necessarily that we can't ever pray out loud because we see that in Scripture. We can pray in fast and see some person really into the apostles' prayer in front of other people. But like pretty much everything in the Christian life, what it comes down to is what's in your heart. What is it that you desire in your heart? Do you desire to be elevated and praised by fellow human beings? Or do you, do you desire to be right in the center of attention when God asks you to have prayer and to be in prayer? Doing whatever it is you need to be doing. And no one ever notices if your chances of reward are less or more. Because that's the goal. That's the desire. And so he goes on in verse 5 and says, And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners. Why? So that they may be seen by them. And truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep up empty phrases as the Gentiles do. For they think they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. So that that same feeling will run into you, right? Uh, if you if you can't speak out loud, act out loud, do good works out loud, and raise it hypocritical, you should go and close yourself in a private room and, and do your prayers and talk to God in there so that nobody can see you. Because then there's no chance that you're going to instead draw the line to the rewards of men so that you get trapped with this mean God. And then that empty phrases as the Gentiles do always reminds me of the story of Elijah and the prophets of Baal. <laughs> Dancing around for days and days and days, shouting to their God, cutting themselves, making all kinds of petitions to their God who, of course, never shows up because he's powerless, he's nobody, he's a nothing. And then Elijah goes before God in humility and prays to God to remove himself from the gods. And the whole heavens and angels and the rafters rain fire down from heaven and consumes not only the bulls that are laying on the altar, but the altar itself, the rocks themselves that burn on the ground, all the water that's been thrown on it, the stones around the bottom, even the dirt that it sits on, just wow. Elijah would spend days praying to God, hoping that he would show up. He, he spoke to God in a way of humility because he believed that he had enough to deal with God himself. And so then Jesus says to Pray then like this. And there's so much more that I should be saying to you than I am saying to you. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. That first phrase there, and, and I, I want to caution you as far as like making this a, a, a legalistic recipe. You can make the argument, and I think it's a fair argument, that the order of these things matter. I will also say that uh, we, Sean and I, were just in a couple of my neighbors on a boat since yesterday or the day before yesterday, day before yesterday. I can't remember. I actually walked out of here, so I can't remember anything. Um, I still thought that was still a prayer, but I changed my mind. Uh, so, so I'm a nice prayer. 
stand in the fullness truth, is for nothing else to be able to stand before God comes in glory and say, I belong to the Lord. And we will claim that. We ask you for it in the name of Jesus. And we trust you for any answer that you might give us tonight. And we will wait for your answer. In Jesus' name.
Yeah.